0: Take a Jason podcast, a once-a-week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food, or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. I am your host and bestie, Jen Coleslaw, coming to you from the soulless suburbs of Northern Virginia. Hi, friends. Welcome to what may be the last episode of 2022. It's going to be a short one because I've been traveling, and this week we'll have some reminders, an assignment, and the food holidays, and we'll get back on track next weekend. First up, I hope that you all had the Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and solstice that you wanted. I hope that you're not um, listening to this stuck in an airport or in a line waiting to see if you can get rebooked or get a rental car in order to get home this week. I hope that the gifts that you gave, whether they were things you bought or made or found, or the gift of your time and your presence, were received with grace and love. And if they were not, then maybe you have my permission to rethink next year's holiday plans. I mentioned last episode that I am reclaiming my time. That's my New Year's resolution, and I invite you to join me. I'll make a t-shirt or a hoodie or an apron or a tote bag. One of the many things that bother me about the holidays is that the run-up to the end of the calendar year is all about conspicuous consumption and rich recipes and eau de parfum and jewelry and buying your spouse a car. I mean, can you even imagine surprising your spouse with a car? Where do you even get bows that big and how do you drive with it on? And then suddenly after Boxing Day or New Year's, All the ads are for diets and exercise machines and gym memberships and all that bullshit and I will just have none of it. I'm not here for all the wretched excess, but I am abso-fucking-lutely not buying into dry January or any of the other austerity measures for the coldest and darkest days of the year. I am no psychologist, but this just sounds like a recipe for disaster for folks with seasonal affectiveness disorder and other disorders that are not at all alleviated by cold, gray, dark weather. Now me, I love the winter. I love snow. I love cold weather. I love snow sports like ice skating and skiing, and when the grass is all crunchy from ice crystals when I go out to get the mail. But a lot of people suffer greatly from January to March, and I do not support taking a vow of misery. So I don't do New Year's resolutions or Lenten fasts that are about keeping myself from doing things I enjoy or that help me be my best possible self. My New Year's resolutions the past few years have been stay alive, keep breathing, don't get sicker. And frankly, I have done a pretty good job at that, and I'm ready to try to branch out to choose joy. When I am faced with a decision, and on the one hand, it might make other people happy, but it will make me absolutely miserable. And on the other hand, it will make me happy, but it might make other people disappointed because they don't get what they want. I am choosing making me happy. I don't expect other people to choose to make me happy, so I have to do it. And while I don't actively choose joy to terrorize my loved ones, I am just no longer putting my needs second, third, and fourth. There are times when the things that spark joy are also the things that make me and other people happy, and that's like a double rainbow. But I'm just kind of over being passed over or chasing my bliss, whatever that is and whatever that means. I'm not an irresponsible person, so I don't think it means to run off and join the circus, as my father used to say. And I suspect it will take some time to get comfortable picking myself first instead of putting all of those oxygen masks on all those other people on the plane while I slowly turn blue. I might not be able to do it, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to be gentle with myself by allowing myself to have the love and experiences and the priorities that I deserve. I hope that you consider doing the same if any of this resonates with you. We can hold each other accountable. It's so hard after a lifetime of putting yourself second or third, and all we can do is try, right? And remember, I'll make a hoodie. Okay, so the second thing is to remind you that on Saturday night, which is New Year's Eve, you got to make a plan for Rabbit, Rabbit, Rabbit the next day. I know I am a broken record, but I feel like this is the one thing keeping us from just falling into the pit of despair. The last few years years have been absolutely fucking bonkers, friends, and I feel like it's because not enough of us are putting in the rabbits. But the truth is, enough of us are putting in the rabbits so that we're just hanging on by a thread. So just think if we'd had a few more people doing the rabbits. So... First thing on Sunday morning, if you ring in the New Year at midnight at 12.02 after your champagne toast, just belt out three rabbits. Or when you wake up with a soul-crushing hangover and before you reach for the Gatorade and the B12 and the 600 milligrams of Advil, just whisper, rabbit, 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 before you throw up into your trash can by the bed. I know you can do it. Okay, back to New Year's. We'll not be doing much of anything. I think Ben is actually going to a football game on New Year's Day, and I might see about some holiday baking. I had not planned on it because I was anticipating that I had to do a mad scramble to get paths cut through the clutter in the house in advance of my Achilles tendon surgery on the 5th. But! And This is a funny story. When I was in Hawaii, I actually damaged my already wrecked tendon with all of these micro tears from overuse that I ended up kind of healing it because I caused some new blood flow to the area, which caused healing. I saw the doctor today and he said it's not cured by any stretch, but it feels so much better and we decided to hold off on the surgery. It has already been approved, so if I do tear it again, he can get me right in. So now I can do my New Year's baking of hearts and stars or whatever else, or not. It feels good not to be obligated to anything but the usual stuff like laundry and work. Okay, let's get to the last few days of food holidays and get you ready for January, shall we? Let's go. Wednesday... December 28th is National Chocolate Candy Day, which, as you know, is every day in my chocolate warehouse. I got a gift box from our friend Ralph, who visited the magical land of Hershey, and let me tell you, they seem to have stuff that is not anywhere else, like Reese's chocolate covered peanut butter animal crackers. Oh. My. God. Anyway, he sent a whole box of treats, and I can't wait to bake with some of them, and share some of them, and hoard some of them. I definitely need to make a pilgrimage up there. Maybe we should do a field trip. Thursday, the 29th is Pepper Pot Day. And if you're like me and you're not sure what that is, let me tell you, because I just looked it up. Pepper Pot is an Amerindian, Amerindian, Amerindian? not sure how to say that word, derived dish popular in Guyana. It is traditionally served at Christmas and other special events. Along with chicken curry and cooked up rice, pepper pot is one of Guyana's national dishes. And the main ingredients are meat, which is beef, pork, or mutton, cinnamon, hot peppers, and cassareep. And if you're not sure what cassareep is, it's a molasses-like syrup that's made from the root of the cassava or yucca plants. Interestingly, Urban Dictionary has a different definition of pepper pot, which is an assertive person who shares opinions or acts in ways that are stronger than the extant social power structure might predict. Now, that's not the only definition that Urban Dictionary has, but I'm not going to tell you the other ones. Friday the 30th is National Bicarbonate of Soda Day, which frankly is just dumb. You really need that on January the 1st or on the evening of December 25th. Now, it's also National Bacon Day, so maybe you need bicarb if you eat too much bacon. I don't know. And Saturday, New Year's Eve, is National Champagne Day. But you know what? You can have sparkling wine if you want. Or cava or prosecco or sparkling apple cider You can really have anything you want to toast and ring in the New Year New Year's Eve is also rabbit, rabbit, rabbit remembering night for the next day Okay, so let's do a quick rundown of January's all-month food holidays Because honestly, for a month of bullshit austerity, there's some good ones Bread baking. Oh, bread machine baking month. And I love my bread machine, even though I only know how to make plain white country bread and it's still three years later. And so maybe that's something that I will add to my spark joy list. Learn how to bake a new bread. It's also national candy month, which you know, I am on board for, for all of the diets and cutting out white sugar can just go to hell. It's national egg month. And I love eggs. I honestly celebrate egg month all year round. It's also National Hot Tea Month, and again, that is an everyday, sometimes twice a day holiday for me. It is National Meat Month, but that does not specify what kind of meat, so that is a whole wild card for you. You can pick whatever kind of meat you want. It is also National Oatmeal Day, which I suspect will be a big one for our librarian Jen's agenda this January. It is National Soup Month, and I'm hoping to get Ben to make a couple of his soups. He makes really good soup. He makes a nice broccoli cheddar soup. He makes a split pea and ham, and he makes a ham and bean soup, and he makes this really good chicken soup using my mother's recipe. It is National Wheat Bread Month and Prune Breakfast Month, which, honestly, you're going to need after all of that meat and wheat bread. And just to get you through to the next podcast, January 1, which is Sunday, is Bloody Mary Day and Apple Gifting Day. Because apples symbolize good health, giving people apples on New Year's Day is wishing them good health for the rest of the year. But here's the thing. Apples aren't really in season in the U.S. in January, but you know what are? Sumo citrus. So I'm going to start one of them change.org petitions that we give sumo citrus on the first day of the year. Who's with me? And just a heads up, January 3rd is Chocolate-Covered Cherry Day, and I prefer the milk chocolate ones, although my friend Kathy was telling me about these white chocolate-covered ones it sounded awfully good. And finally, my friends, your assignment. I would love, love, love for you to listen to the Auld Lang Syne episode of the Anthropocene Reviewed podcast. It is the December 2019 episode, and you can find it on all the platforms. It is one of the most beautiful pieces of writing and reading I have ever found in all of my years, and it is required listening for the end of the year, beginning of the new year, especially after these last three years. You won't regret it. Trust me, I have rarely steered you wrong with writing and poetry. It is a true work of art. And if you're a member of audible.com, then use a credit to download the Anthropocene Reviewed book by John Green, and you can hear the episode there too. If I ever get a sponsorship from Audible, I will take my pay in buying all of you that book. Okay, friends, this is where I leave you for a couple of days while I visit my sister and my mother. As you contemplate your year and consider the new year, remember the things that I've said to you here. The Clean Plate Club is a lie. You do not have to eat everything on your plate. Record profits are unpaid wages. And if it isn't good news to the poor, it isn't good news. I'll see you on the other side of the year. Love you.